The best Penguins playoff coverage, including all the games. WXDX FM, Pittsburgh. The Eastern Conference Final kicks off tomorrow night at PPG Paints Arena. And here's my game plan for beating Ottawa. Well, first and foremost, Marc-Andre Fleury has to keep playing like he is. But I bet he does. At any rate, he joins me at 4 p.m. Penguins goalie Marc-Andre Fleury right here on the X just one hour from now. But besides the continued brilliance of number 29 in goal for Pittsburgh, my game plan for beating Ottawa is kill him when Eric Carlson isn't on the ice. The Senators are the proverbial hot hand. You don't get to the conference finals if you suck. But mostly this year, they did suck. The Senators were minus two on goal differential on the regular season. Minus two. Carlson is a Norris Trophy level defenseman. He plays 40% of the game. Don't let Carlson beat you and bury the Sens when he's not out there. Carlson is great, but he's got a busted up foot, and Ottawa ain't got much else besides. This is the Mark Madden Show. The Eastern Conference Final is tomorrow night at PPG Paints Arena, and I just can't wait. Marc-Andre Fleury joins me one hour from now, 4 o'clock. What a great interview that's going to be. Marc-Andre Fleury, the Penguins MVP in these playoffs so far. And it's cliche to say, but it literally could not happen to a better guy. Uh, This matchup with Ottawa is the Penguins' easy-est series, but it won't be easy. 412-333-9939 is the number to call to get a brush with greatness. Or you can follow me on Twitter, at MarkMaddenX. Carl Haglund did practice today. Coach Mike Sullivan said that he was left out of the Game 7 lineup due to an injury issue. Sully also said that Kuhnhockel was a healthy scratch. Haglund and Daly both day-to-day. Looking at Ottawa beyond Eric Carlson, Derek Broussard worries me, the center. He does well against Pittsburgh, 19 points in 21 games on his career. Torres and Bobby Ryan, they're good players. Ryan pulls some real magic out of his hat every now and then. Uh, Pajot has seven goals, but he scored four in one game. He has seven goals and zero helpers, so at 7-0, he's up for Cy Young. Alex Burroughs is a world-class paint in the Tukas. The Senators got some good components, but it doesn't add up for Ottawa. Not like it adds up for Pittsburgh. So my official prediction is Penguins in six games. And I believe five games is a lot more likely than seven games. The Penguins beat the capital of Ohio and then the capital of the United States and now the capital of Canada. It's all about capital punishment. Get it? I wrote a column for timesonline.com that called the Caps quitters. That's harsh, but, excuse me, gutless. That's even worse than quitters. I called the Caps gutless, and yeah, that's harsh, but I don't know how else to describe them. People talk like crazy about the Penguins beating Washington in 9 out of 10 playoff series, but here's a scarier figure if you're a Caps fan. 
And keep in mind all the talent the Caps have had in the Ovechkin era. The Caps have made the playoffs nine of the last ten years. They never made it out of the second round in any of those nine playoff tries. And, and wait till you hear this, the Caps have lost to a lower seed seven times in those nine eliminations. They get home ice, they have excellent talent, they won the President's Trophy three times in that span, but the Caps keep blowing it. How exactly do you explain that without using the word gutless? The Caps turn Orpic and Justin Williams into losers. Failure is sewn into the fabric of their uniforms. In their case, losing is a tradition. Of course, the Caps do have one other problem, and it's the problem that dares not speak its name. Uh, Ovi now says he hurt his knee in Game 5 against Toronto, that cadre hip check, and then claims he hurt his hamstring in Game 3 against the Penguins. He's like the Black Knight in Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Every time he opens his mouth, he talks about losing use of a limb. Four, one, two, three, three. I, I, like, okay, he didn't go to the World Championships. He said he was hurt. That should have spoken for itself. But now he's coming up with this laundry list of injuries. Well, what about the other nine times you made the playoffs, Tavares? I mean, what happened those times? Were you hurt then or just sucko? Uh, the Pirates lost 2-1 at Arizona. They got one hit, <laughs> and I watched it. They got one hit by Zach Greinke. Greinke had a no-hitter until the 8th, and then a miracle occurred. Polanco hit a home run. Uno de Mayo. Uno for the season, but it's better than zero. But that was it, only one hit. And the Pirates lose 2-1. Pirates are hitting... 224 on the season. That ranks 27th in MLB. Their on-base percentage is 303. That's 22nd in MLB. They have 30 home runs. That's 29th in MLB. They've scored 124 runs. That's 28th in MLB, which is why they keep wasting decent pitching performances like Garrett Cole's outing last night. But it wasn't just about uh, the bats not producing. Jaso mangled a ball, hit the first base. Kachin Osuna dogged the ball, hit the left center, and turned a single into a double. And that ties into what I'm telling you now. The Pirates have bad stats. They still rank fourth in MLB in errors with 27. They've lost five in a row. The Pirates are in last place. But the Pirates also have a bad look and a bad feel. There's a lot of watching going on out there. I won't say the Pirates are loafing, but I certainly don't think they're hustling, uh, working as hard as they should be. And if that's too much for the advanced metrics crowd to absorb, well, let's just stick with them having lost five in a row and being in last place. Oh, doing like the quasi-Brockmeyer voice. I saw the Brockmeyer uh, with Joe Buck in it this week. It was just 
it's so funny. Those shows are so funny. And Joe Buck was really good in it. Uh, It's weird to hear Joe Buck curse. Because, you know, he doesn't curse during his, you know, network work. But he was cursing up a storm on late night IFC uh, after 10. Anyway, IFC, I can tell you that. I also saw the entirety of the Better Call Saul episode. It was weird that they spent the whole episode just on uh, Jimmy's disbarment hearing. Uh, I, I they didn't go to Mike Ehrmantraut at all, but it was it was a real good episode. And again, what makes Better Call Saul great? It's the same thing that made Breaking Bad great and The Sopranos great. There are no sympathetic characters. Like uh, Jimmy and Kim really screwed Chuck, but that was in retaliation to Chuck really screwing them. Uh, but I'll tell you what: if Better Call Saul. And uh, Brockmeyer can can stay in production, and they add the Purge TV series, and then Ray Donovan comes back. Jackpot! Uh, Mark Andre Flurry at four o'clock going to be a real pleasure to talk to the Flower uh, anytime, but especially the way he's playing. We got a ton of hockey talk. Going to talk about Josh Gordon of the Cleveland Browns. Not getting reinstated. And uh, let me get this in right now. FanDuel is now going to offer one-day fantasy leagues for the WNBA. In partnership with the WNBA. Yeah. That'll be big. Big as in nobody is going to play that ever. I wonder if there's even one WNBA fantasy league floating around anywhere out there. I bet not. You can give women's sports every opportunity, and you should. But you can't make people be fans. You can't make them spend money. 412-333-9939. We'll talk about the Josh Gordon thing in just a moment. And I'm going to reconsider a question a caller asked me uh, earlier this week in light of the fact that Marc-Andre Fleury is joining the show at 4 o'clock. Was that Fleury's greatest playoff moment ever for the Penguins? That shutout in Game 7 at D.C.? I'll address that just around the corner on 105.9. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, big fan. You get a bunch of dorks, dinks, and twits. Is this Mark Madden? My mouth is watering just talking about it. The X at 105.9. Uh, the Senators have the fewest points of any Penguin opponent to this point in the playoffs. Uh, the Jackets had a buck eight. The Caps had a buck 18. The Sens have 98, but the Sens got through a bad patch this year without their starting goalie, Craig Anderson, who took personal leave to be with his wife as she was treated for cancer. And they plugged in Mike Condon. Remember him? He played, I think, a period for the Penguins. Went to Ottawa for a fifth-round draft pick and did decent up there. 19 wins, 14 losses with the goals against the 2.5. Remember that guy who made the big impact in 14-15 and to Western last year, Andrew Hammond, the Hamburglar? He's been hurt a lot when he has played. He's been rotten. Just six NHL games this year and a goals against the 4.08. Uh, Mark Andre Fleury joins me at 4 p.m. 
Uh, the Penguins start their Eastern Conference Final Series with Ottawa tomorrow night at PPG Paints Arena. A couple callers asked me yesterday if Flurry's shutout on Wednesday, Game 7 at D.C., was among the greatest Penguin playoff moments ever. I appreciate the enthusiasm, but it wasn't even Marc-Andre Flurry's greatest playoff moment ever. That would be stopping Lidstrom at the end of Game 7 in Detroit in 2009 to win the Stanley Cup. And if you're looking at the biggest playoff moments in Penguins history, don't forget Mario going end-to-end against Minnesota in 91. Don't forget Mario had five goals and three assists in one game against Philadelphia in 89. Heck, don't forget Mario, period. That's just a good place to start when you're compiling a list like this one. Uh, The point is the Penguins have four cups and a lot of big playoff moments. I'm sure that uh, winning... Game 7 at D.C. this past Wednesday will be remembered by Mark andre forever. At any rate, we'll be asking him about that game uh, at the top of the hour. Uh, the Penguins didn't look fatigued in Game 7 at D.C. You figured they would have because that appeared to be a problem in Games 5 and 6. But... Uh, They didn't look tired, and I think structure helped make up for that. Uh, The trap, discipline, and structure in the neutral zone, when you skate better, you skate less, and you have more left in the tank in the third period. Uh, Two days off before the start of the conference final is not a lot, but now is when it gets really Gritty, although I hate that term. You just keep pushing, and guys like Ruedel and Rowney have to play, and you don't even think about who's not there. We've been talking about Latang and his absence on this show all the time. Talk about it on Twitter all the time. But in that locker room, uh, his name is never spoken. Never. Not even in the context of, well, Tanger isn't playing, so we've got to do this or that. No. An injured guy's like a ghost. He doesn't exist. You keep your focus on the task at hand by being only concerned about who is there and not who isn't. One way the Penguins' focus has been reflected is by the way they've handled the goalie situation over the course of this season. I've never heard one Penguin state a preference on or off the record or even allude to a preference on or off the record. Every Penguin player is like, Well, we have two great goalies, and they do, and that's the right thing to say, but I can say for sure the most locker rooms would pick up sides. And the situation was right for that in Pittsburgh, the veterans with Flurry and the Wilkes guys with Murray, but that never happened. And Marc-Andre Flurry was a big part of that because he's such a great teammate and has been a great teammate to Murray. But it reflects on the entire locker room. Jim Rutherford said today that Marc-Andre Flurry is one of the best team players in all of sports. And I could not possibly agree more. Let's go to uh, Phil in Butler. Phil, you're on the Mark Madden Show. You there, Phil? Guess not. Let's go to Andrew in the car. Andrew, you're on with Mark. Andrew, you there? What a marvelous start to taking calls on the show today. And if Eric and Darlington isn't there, 
We're going to go to a break without me saying a word. Eric, are you there? I'm here. Okay, then talk. Hey, uh, I know you like to re, you know rewatch the games a couple times to catch up, you know, catch things you might have missed the first time. Did you happen to see Mark Andre Fleury bopping his head in the net? I think it was in the third period. It was uh, right before a faceoff. He was kind of bopping along to a song. I'm not sure if I saw it or not, but I, that's what I thought I saw. I think they were playing UFO on the PA at the Verizon Center. But but yeah, I mean, Mark's bopping his head. He's smiling. He was joking with the Capitals during stoppages. He's, you know, masturbating his, his butt end of the stick. Meanwhile, I'm at home, not playing. I'm ready to throw up. I'm so nervous. <laughs> Absolutely ready to throw up. Chris in Lower Borough, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, no one. Big fan, big fan. What up? I wanted to call about his best game ever, but you pretty much already mentioned it. I was going to say that game seven in Detroit when he's standing on his head, blocking every shot. Uh, I don't know if that's his best game ever, but it's certainly his most significant game. Yeah. Well, if if I stole your thunder, you should have hung up the phone like the first two callers did. 412-333-9939. I want to get to the Josh Gordon thing. Him not being reinstated to the Browns. And uh, I'm telling you, well, here, here's the here's the, the the bottom line. I bet that that Martavis Bryson isn't a Steeler by 2018, and it wouldn't shock me if they get rid of him before then. I'll tell you how Josh Gordon ties into that in just a moment. 105.9 The X. This and now the super genius Mark Madden. I'll throw that person off the stage. Uh, hey, Mark, love the stuff. I'll be here for you, just like you've always been here for me. The X at 105.9. A tweet from John, because we were talking about Mark andre Fleury's best playoff moments. Flower joins me at 4 p.m. here on the X. John tweets that Fleury's best game was game five of the 08 Stanley Cup final. Penguins down three games to one in the series. Game five at Detroit went to three overtimes. And Fleury stopped 55 shots. Uh, yeah, but you can debate best all you want. And that was a great game by Mark. But nothing's more memorable to making the save that wins the Stanley Cup. And dare I say, depending on how this season ends, I think more people will remember Mark winning Game 7 at D.C. this year than uh, that game in 08 at Detroit, as great as Mark definitely did play. Uh, There's a report from Ottawa that Eric Carlson uh, practiced only for a couple minutes and left the ice, and people were speculating... Uh, hopefully here in Pittsburgh, that uh, maybe he's hurt worse than they're letting on. First off, I'm not sure how much worse you could be hurt and still play than a broken bone in your foot, a hairline fracture. But uh, plenty of players practice briefly or don't practice at all this time of year, so I would not read too much into that. Uh, We've been talking about Eric Carlson on the Senators and all his offensive prowess, but look at Nashville. They have nine goals from their defensemen in ten playoff games. Ellis and Josie each have four, and P.K. Saban has one. That's kind of the fashion now in the NHL. Hammer from the point, and you're looking for deflections and rebounds, but sometimes the shot goes straight in. You're not shooting at a corner from the point unless you're Carlson or Burns or Latang, and maybe Saban even some. 
Kevin Allen of USA Today says the big matchup in this series is at center. Specifically, Crosby and Malkin against Derek Broussard and Kyle Turris. That sounds like a mismatch, and statistically, it is a mismatch. But don't underestimate Broussard and Torres. Two guys with a lot of battle, and they will compete with Sid and Gino. This series will be a big test for Evgeny Malkin. Gino was the best player in the Stanley Cup playoffs for about seven games, and then he definitely receded. Ottawa plays that 1-3-1, and you can't stick handle through it, but Gino's going to want to. But he can't. Can't even try. Penguins got to play fast and pass fast, move the puck with precision. But any way he can do it, the Penguins need a big series from Geno. Josh Gordon got denied reinstatement by the NFL, the Cleveland wide receiver, the pothead. Between suspension and rehab, Gordon hasn't played in the league since 2014. That's about the last time Polanco hit a home run. Well, until last night. I'm telling you, the Steelers are going to dump Martavis Bryant sooner, not later. That's why they drafted Juju. They just don't want to deal with that crap. They don't want to deal with the risk that Bryant might, probably will, at some point, get suspended again. By the way, I got some tweets this week saying, lay off Polanco, Cinco de Zero. Well, now, Uno de Mayo, I suppose. But until he hit a home run last night, he was a cleanup hitter with zero home runs in mid-May. Actually, now he's a cleanup hitter with one home run in mid-May. That doesn't sound a whole lot better. Imagine if Ben Roethlisberger didn't have a touchdown pass by mid-October. Or if Sidney Crosby didn't have a goal by mid-November. All of you would collectively wet your pants. All I ask, all I've ever asked is let's start judging the Pirates by results as a team and individually. Got a couple lines open at 412-333-WXDX. Don't forget, Mark andre Fleury joins me at 4 p.m. Let's go to Marco in the car. Marco, you're on with Double M. Hey, Mark. How you doing today? Terrific. Hey, question for you. Um, I noticed the pens on the seventh game, did a very good job of getting the puck out of their own own end by flipping it up over the defenseman. Uh, Correct. Especially once they got the lead. Right. Would it serve them to do the Murphy dump in over the trap? Eh, Murphy did that pretty well, and not too many people have. Uh, Larry used to throw that high dump as an offensive move because guys would skate right onto it. But I don't think many of the Penguins defensemen have the precision to do that. You just got to pass the puck quickly and have guys move their feet before they get it. It's not that hard to beat unless you're stubborn. The Penguins need to not be stubborn, especially Evgeny Malkin needs to not be stubborn. I had somebody in the organization say specifically, Gino can't try to stick handle through that 1-3-1 because you can't do it. It's too hard to do. And he'd have just enough success to maybe get him to keep doing it. But he would never have enough success at trying to stick Kendall through that trap. Let's go to Joe in the car. Joe, you're on with Double M. Wallflower. What's that? 
I don't get it. Wallflower. That's some reference to Mark Andre Fari. Who cares? 412 333 9939 is the number to call. Uh, so much to talk about that we, uh, it's got lost in the hockey shuffle, and, and that's okay. That's what time of year it is, and it's awesome to talk about. Awesome what they have the opportunity to talk about it. We just talked about Josh Gordon not being reinstated by the NFL. I wonder what happened there. I didn't see a specific reason for that. Did he test positive again? I mean, there's got to be something. And the quarterback situation in the NFL is so intriguing. Think about this. Tony Romo and Jay Cutler are out of the league. And that's because nobody wanted them. These are relatively successful and certainly experienced starting quarterbacks in the NFL that can't get jobs, couldn't get jobs, weren't going to get jobs, and wound up becoming broadcasters. Now, with Jay Cutler, because he's not that good and a jerk, besides, that's easy to believe. But make no mistake, nobody wanted Tony Romo either, and that's why Romo is a broadcaster now. That's weird because most of the league's quarterbacks suck, but those two couldn't get a job, probably because of salary. And then you got the Colin Kaepernick thing, the blackball thing, which is going to blow up. If he don't get a job, we're not even close to hearing the end of that. And then there's the notion, which Kevin Colbert talked about when he was on the show, that college football doesn't teach quarterbacks to play in the NFL. And that's true. I very often talked about that, so... Uh, The quarterback position in the National Football League is in total disarray. Getting back to hockey, here's an odd stat. And I don't know what it says about advanced metrics. The Penguins are in the conference final. And they are the worst puck possession team in the playoffs. Five on five, they have 42.14% of the shots attempted. The Penguins are minus 181 shots in that regard. But here they are after eliminating Columbus and eliminating Washington. Here they are in the Easter Conference Final. That stat right there, by the way, that's the Latang factor. No Latang is the reason for that stat. If we're just tuning in, I'm picking the Penguins at six. Uh, Dan Rosen of NHL.com picking the Sens over the Pens. He just tried to get attention. That's all. Let's go to Don in the car. Don, you're on with Mark. Hey, Mark. What up? Hey, uh, quick quick comment. I was at Game 3, the Penguins, and uh, just one of the dirty tricks that Veston uh, pulled was uh, the wrist shot he took and hit the defenseman in the back of the head. Yeah, you know, Ron Hainsey has said both on and to me off the record that he didn't think Ovechkin was trying to hit him. So uh, I don't think that's even uh, worth talking about. Uh, let's go to Steve in the car. Steve, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Good day, Mr. Madden. I said good day. I was wondering, uh, since Carlson's such a big part of Ottawa's success, uh, is there a chance any of the Penguins will go after his broken foot, like a slash or something like that, or, or is that, um, you know, frowned upon? Well, I don't know. I'm, I'm torn between somebody trying the Indian death lock or the figure four leg lock. Uh, will they whack him on the foot? Of course they will. And But guess what, uh, it, Steve? If that foot wasn't broken, 
they would have whacked him on the foot anyway. <laughs> I mean, if, if you play in this league, especially in the conference finals of the playoffs, you're going to get whacked in the foot. You're going to get whacked, period. But if I'm a penguin, would I be tempted to make sure that foot's really broken? Not going to lie. Yes, I would. Absolutely. In just a second, we're going to talk about, here's one of those sociological topics I love. And we want your hockey calls most of all. But uh, I'm going to talk about uh, one of those great social topics in sports I like. Sexual abuse. No, not, no, no. God, no, not sexual abuse. What am I looking for? I'm looking for the term. Well, well, okay. uh, Let me read the start of my monologue. When men objectify women, women gets pissed, and so does PC Nation. But the sports media objectifies women for their benefit, and nobody gets pissed. You know who should get pissed? Qualified professionals that get left out because of that. I'll talk about that in just 30 seconds. What, what term was I looking for? Wow, I definitely have early onset dementia. No question. And no one to take care of me. Gun in my mouth. And you know what? If it comes to that, I swear to God, I'll do it on the air. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. I am the voice of the voiceless. <laughs> so, <laughs> just, just a thought. What, what the hell are you talking about? The X at 105.9. No quarter brought to you by McDonald's. I'm loving it. Mark andre Fleury joins me in about five minutes. The phrase I was looking for is reverse discrimination, but I'll get to that monologue a little bit later. Uh, let's go to Dave in Columbus, Ohio. Dave, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hey, Mark, what are you hearing uh, with regard to the availability of Daly and Haglund for the upcoming series? Haglund practiced today. I would imagine he's a game-time decision tomorrow night. He did not play okay. in Game 7 at D.C. because of injury. And uh, Mike Sullivan said today that Trevor Daly is day-to-day. Let's go to Frank in the car. Frank, you're on with the Super Genius. Good day, Double M. I said good day. Hey, you spoke uh, previously about puck possession with the Penguins and how they're able to be so successful. Um, in the playoffs, do you think that's really an important number? When you look at most of the goals across the league. They're no, it's not important rush. to have the puck at all. No. no you I mean, actually, you could make the argument that it's not as important as the metrics people think because... The Penguins ranked last in puck possession among playoff teams, yet they're still in the conference uh, finals. But that's due to Flurry, my guest in a couple minutes, and opportunism as opposed to playing great hockey for 60 minutes every night, which the Penguins, I think, need to get to if they expect to get through this series into the Stanley Cup final. Let's go to Lindsay in Greensburg. Lindsay, real quick, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Hi, Mark. I'm a big fan of Mark andre Fleury, and I was just wondering if what you think. Do you think that he'll get to stay in Pittsburgh if, if they win the Cup? Um, it's a good question. I can't imagine letting a Cup-winning goalie go, but it has happened before. I don't know. I, I just okay. don't know. I don't know. Quit asking. If we're up to me, he'd be my number one goalie next year. But, uh, It's not up to me. Up next, he's back in the saddle, as Aerosmith would say, having a great playoff, and it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. 
It's Mark andre Furry, the Penguins, up next on 105.9 The X.